Hi, I'm Danny, and I'm from New Jersey. And I'm Mike from the south coast of the UK. So welcome to episode 16, which is Discussions with Danny Part 2. Really, this is going to be a, a slightly longer episode. I was in between whether to split this one up as well, but I thought three parts to a conversation might be a little bit much. So this is going to be a slightly longer episode. And as again, hopefully you've enjoyed the first part of our conversation and are very keen to continue on with us. Uh, we're going to go straight back into the conversation as we left off. Um, starting to talk a little bit about the EU. Oh, what fun. Um, and talking about, obviously, um, some of the mental health topics following on from that. So thanks very much for listening in. And I'll catch you at the end of this. Do you, what, you use euros or? Uh, uh, we're pounds. Not, not anymore, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> after a, after <laughs> yeah. a little bit. But, uh. <laughs> I was going to say, whatever, whatever it was about three weeks ago, just double it now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what a mess. What a oh, mess that is. It's just ridiculous. I was... I, I have to admit, I I agreed with some of the points that they had about leaving the Euro, but I voted to stay in, and I think that's what we should have done. Uh-huh. But um, I I have to admit, I didn't really realise how much I cared until the night before <laughs> the vote. I was like, actually, it really makes a difference. And I had this nightmare that I woke up in the morning, and, I, and we'd left. And when I woke up, I was like... Oh, it was just a dream. <laughs> and then I read the news. I was like, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is is this something that just kind of sprung up overnight? Or was this something everyone was prepared for? Um, the so vote. The, the vote itself, um, we were we were aware of it. But I think a lot of the, the, the information that was put out was very much about sort of uh, the people that wanted to remain talked about the negatives of leaving. Mm-hmm. And the people that wanted to leave talked about the negatives of remaining. So they didn't really talk about the positives of either of their <laughs> points. Um, and I think you're that, just supposed to know already. Yeah, and I think it disengaged a few people. Huh. Um, and we had uh, some of the stats that have come out since have looked at the fact that a lot of um, older people voted to leave, um, and a lot of younger people voted to stay. Hmm. Uh, more younger people than I think ever before voted, but that was still a very low proportion of young people. Right. Um, and we have a program over here called Question Time, uh, which is kind of like a late night politics or news related program. Okay, where you yeah. have um, not it's politicians, but other people as well. So it might be people from um, like the media um, or different areas, um, but usually sort of well knowledge people. Uh, sit in a panel and answer questions from the crowd or the audience um, that are put to them. And um, there was a young girl on there that I think was kind of college or university age and was talking about this fact that a lot of young people had voted to stay in and they felt like um, they were kind of being held ransom by the older generation who had seen the benefit of being part of the EU, were making a decision based on um, when they were younger, when the UK was kind of more powerful, more influential, <laughs> had trade and industry here in the country, which we don't now have. Uh. Um, but then they kind of came back to her and said, well, actually, if there's a lot of young people that haven't voted, if they felt that passionately about it, shouldn't they have voted? Yes. And she, and she replied with, um, and this is something I'd heard from uh, one of the students at my institution was, um, she said, well, actually, we felt like we didn't know enough and we, some people weren't informed and decided mm. for that reason not to vote. And I know people that did that. And I think uh. I think I've, 
it's kind of double-ended because I feel like, great, you've had the responsibility and the sensible approach to say, I don't know enough, so I'm not in a position to vote one way or the other. However, for huh. me, that sort of leads to the second question, which <laughs> should be, go and find out. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of parallels <laughs> I'm seeing between between America and, and the UK. Yeah. Because that, that was the case, I mean, overwhelmingly here uh this this primary season um i think it was the 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 largest youth uh voter turnout um in history in in united states history but at the same time still enough didn't show up to vote to get done what we needed to get done Mm. because generally young people think i don't need to go vote enough other people are doing it what does my one vote count Mm. and that combined with not knowing enough to to choose someone and that's something that's uh, that kind of breaks my heart because it's the like you were saying (laughs) same case here the old people are the ones who did go vote and they ruined it for everyone so thanks a lot (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it, it is one of those where you you have i guess i feel like you have the responsibility to empower um, not necessarily just young people, but empower people um, with the like the knowledge and the understanding that you can go away and find out information and make an informed decision. Oh, but yeah. it, it does come down to um, to those people to sort of recognise that. And like I say, for me, it was great that um, there's a young person in front of me saying, do you know, I don't feel like I know enough to make an informed decision, so I'm not in a position to vote. So yeah. kind of like you've done step one and then it's just kind of getting them to, to then get to step two where they're finding out the information that they need and i think it's trying to get around that um maybe this is like a mental health mindset that i have that you're never going to understand (laughs) it all (laughs) um so it's about trying to find something that you you can associate with um we all have an understanding that whatever is said whether honestly or not um, they're not going to keep to 100% of what they say they're going to do. Right. So and you try and tie in with, actually, this is the, the party or the politician that I agree most with. Maybe yeah, maybe your most is. is only going to be 40%. But, <laughs> but It's still better than the 15% yeah. that the other side is going to give you or yeah. whatever. So I feel like then that would be, yeah. that's I your mean, opportunity to go out and say, do you know what? I don't agree 100% with this person, but I agree a lot more with them than I do with everybody else. So they're the person that gets my vote. Yeah, and when it comes to voting, this is something that always kind of blows my mind. the f- The fact that we have the right to do something as important and as potentially impactful as voting, like mm. just me going and putting a X in a box, or you know, sending a ballot in the mail, or something like that, that can be part of making such a huge change that could change so many lives. That alone makes me want to vote. Yeah. Oh, you know, always. And I really wish that everyone had that mentality, especially young people, because young people, we're the ones who have to, I mean, I'm, I don't even consider myself young anymore. I'm, I, I feel so old, but, um, no, you can't say you're old. You're younger than me. <laughs> how, how old are you? Um, I'm 30. Oh, well, I'm, I'll be 30 in October. So we're cool. <laughs> We're we're close. You're just we a little close. bit we of an close. old, a little bit more of an old man than, than I am. But you know, <laughs> well, in a you know few decades, we'll be talking mental illness, and we'll both have canes and wheelchairs and whatever. Oh, I, I, I reckon I could pull off a cane. 
<laughs> I think Keynes can be kind of badass. I yeah, don't know. I think so. I think a Keynes cool. I, 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 yeah, I'd be down on having some sort of um, like chair assist because I really enjoy walking and running. Um, so yeah, I, I'd style out a Kane. <laughs> I think. I think for me, I would use a, a, a like a wizard staff oh. to go along with the long beard I have. Oh yeah. Uh, get a Gandalf vibe going, yeah. maybe. Yeah, like a full body sized <laughs> stick yeah rather than just to your waist yeah and i mean if it can shoot fireballs out of it then that would be awesome too yeah. but you might be hoping for a bit much there i'd be going for <laughs> something that maybe connects via wi-fi to remotes and stuff <laughs> that's a possibility <laughs> yeah i mean if i can't have a lightsaber then at least give me a staff that yeah. shoots fire out of it or something that would be cool, <laughs> That'd be very cool. <laughs> that would be cool oh. Oh man! Now, how have you managed to make the cane zoom not cool? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed now. <laughs> yes, me too. Oh, that's something. Maybe get a Kickstarter going. Yeah, somebody, somebody will like, de- develop the uh, the staff for the yeah. cane. A ten year goal by forty. <laughs> <laughs> to have oh, a cane don't mention with... don't mention that number. Oof, thirties. Sounds yeah. t- tough enough. Oh, the amount of times I've caught myself when I've spoken to people and they've said, "Oh, how old are you?" and I've gone to say twenty nine, and I'm like, "Oh man, <laughs> it's not true. It's not true." I'm no Did longer you turn thirty recently. Uh, July. Oh yeah, well yeah. Yeah. So still, it's still July. Oh well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I keep on thinking it's. Yeah, I me too. On, yeah, I, I lose track. I really do. I mean, if it weren't for the temperature right now, yeah, um, I might as well it might as well be winter like i can't tell i'm not even stepping outside most days so it's like um i look at my watch and i see that it's oh it's 78 degrees right now fahrenheit i don't know what that is in celsius but um, uh, i don't know either. like 30 something i think oh so. that's hot what is yeah i don't know yeah I'm that's sure what the- um no a lot of days though recently it's been uh, 90, 90 something degrees. So that's, let's see. What? That's not nice. Nope. That's not. <laughs> I said. What did that you do to Siri? Siri. <laughs> what is 90 degrees Fahrenheit in Celsius? 30 degrees Celsius. Oh, okay. 32.2 Celsius is what it's. get used to as well. Like the. The year I was in Australia, when I think about it was always um, kind of high 20s, low 30s, and you kind of got used to that. Huh. And um, we had, uh, there'd be like a few days where I remember walk, uh, working in just over 40 degree um, heat, and it was it was, it was was hot. And like the, Is it a dry heat or is it humid? Yeah, uh, well, mm, I'd say for the most part it was probably dry um where i was at the time and it was i was working at uh because i was doing like a voluntary placement at a where was i i was at i was at a zoo and um it was really cool because you're still around the animals and stuff but your jobs for the day is literally sort of go around and water everything (laughs) um and i mean yeah it's cool but there's no shade (laughs) oh yeah so you would sp- think there would be all kinds of trees and things. Yeah, in the enclosures for the animals, not yes. yeah, exactly. not for they us get, volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about <laughs> us. Um, 
so yeah, that was really hot. And I remember when it sort of cooled Oof. back down to kind of the the mid to low thirties, and you're like, oh, so much cooler. And then like out here now, I mean, um, I think we're only um, what have I got? I think it's. Um, it's cooled down now, so we're down to 18, and I think it's sort of mid-20s in the day, hmm. um, which before, like, would have been far... It would have probably felt cold. I'd be wearing a jumper. But because I've got used to, like, UK temperatures again, this is ridiculous. This feels ridiculously hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just... you. I think it's that um, you just adapt, don't you, to whatever you're around, uh, and then anything outside sort of. of that. Well, over time. Yeah. Well, um, I mean... I- um is it very like seasonal in the uk like here we have summertime is going to be uh i'll try to i'll try to convert all of these temperatures for you like we'll say it's in the 30s often celsius in this in the summer then it goes into fall and that starts to get down to like um what's that number um the low 20s i guess 21 degrees celsius or so and the leaves you know change color and it's beautiful and you that's when you wear yeah hit me with your winter hit me with your winter (laughs) (laughs) winter we will go down to let's see what was the lowest i saw last last year um negative 17 oh wow okay maybe you win (laughs) (laughs) and and then when winter starts to wrap up we'll get to maybe 15 and a half oh, okay. or so that's the springtime. That's when all the flowers start to come out and everything. And it's beautiful. I live, I live, um, right by the, the beach, by the ocean. Oh. And so you've got that smell in the air. It's yeah. beautiful. Before I got sick, I was always out, you know, on the boat and like the jet skis, um, and going to the, uh, the boardwalk and the beach at night and, you know, fireworks, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, do you still, if I'm you're all sad, and nostalgic now, if, <laughs> if you've got, do you have like a view that you're still able to sort of see or smell some of those things, even nah, from inside? I moved in October. I moved to a, 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 a neighboring town, but it's a little bit, a little bit farther from the beach. And, uh, where, where I used to live, my house had a, a, like a deck on the roof that you had to go outside. There were stairs that went all the way up okay. and there was like a 360 degree view of, cause I lived on an Island, um, off the coast of New Jersey oh, wow. and it was in the summertime, you could see one city, um, in one direction. And then you could see the rest of the Island, like in the other, uh, North and South. And then to the west, you could sort of see another city. So on the 4th of July on independence day, they have, big fireworks shows uh, all over the place and I would go up on that roof and just look around in all directions and just see the whole sky lit up with oh. all these colors and it was beautiful and then after that just go I would walk maybe five minutes to the beach the actual the ocean and just kind of like lie in the sand it was very cool and just like look at the stars and everything and that was like the best life <laughs> and that was 2009 I lived there um for the last time and then we moved to the mainland and that's actually when I got sick it's almost like it's connected somehow like I missed all of that stuff so much that I just snapped Mm. or something I mean I've had I've had um diagnosed anyway uh anxiety disorder or panic or panic disorder I guess more uh since I was nine years old I want to say 
was when I had my first uh, panic attack. I, I remember it was the night before starting school mm. and I started to feel like I couldn't feel my neck. I was like, I can't feel my neck. I can't feel my neck. I can't breathe. I was freaking out and I had to sleep in, in bed with my mom. And, you know, back then it was all done and over with in 15, 20 minutes. I felt better mm. and woke up the next day and I was good for probably years. Um, but throughout my like adolescence and such, um, it would always pop up and I would start to take some medication and maybe feel a little better. And, um, but then once I was somewhere around 22 going on 23 years old, I still to this day, I don't know what happened, but I just got, that's when I developed agoraphobia. Um, I would start to have like panic attacks when I was out in public, mm. when I was in the mall, when I was in the car a lot, like on the highway, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, I would start to avoid those things naturally. Like it, it felt like a natural, um, reaction. If I was in the mall and I started to feel like this and I didn't feel like this, if I stayed home, I would just stop going to the mall mm. and, and, same thing with the car. I'm not going to go in the car anymore because when I go in the car, I have a panic attack. And before long, I was the only place that it wasn't really happening was in my house. Mm. <clears throat> and that's how it happens, I think, for most people who end up housebound. And it, it's very difficult uh, unless you nip it in the bud while it's still in that phase of regressing into mm. your into your house it's really, some would say, almost impossible to, to turn that around once you've gotten so um, sort of like burrowed into this safe place of your home, um, like a sanctuary. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's that's the big challenge. But then the, the big issue is, is my because my brain says to me all the time, so to speak, you know, things are going kind of all right right now. Let's make something worse. Um, and suddenly... I start having panic attacks at home too, but they're just not, they're not as bad as if I leave. Yeah. That, as if I, uh, if I leave the house. So that keeps me in the house and I try, I mean, like I, like I said earlier when we were talking, it's been two, 203 days, I think. But so I haven't left since 2015 in, technically. Um, but when I used to try, I would get out for like maybe an hour um, until I really started to feel like, no, 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 I need to get home now or mm. something, something bad's going to happen. <clears throat> um, and I would try to do that almost every day sometimes. And it kind of varied because people would always say, oh, you need to expose yourself. You need to get out. You need to just keep trying, keep trying. And in time you'll feel better. But the thing is when you go out and you have a really bad experience, you don't want to do it again. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that people don't understand is that when you suffer a setback like that, it's traumatic. And trauma is not something that's easily overcome. Um, you need to really spend some time uh, not only working up to like kind of have the courage to get out again, but you need to want to. And people, a lot of my friends will be like, I'm going to come kidnap you. I'm going to get you out of that house. I'm going to put you in my car and give you stick you with needles and give you drugs and sedate you or whatever. And you're, you're coming out and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and they don't really understand. Like if you did that, I would be a lot worse than I am right now because yeah. I don't, I have to want to do it. 
it's um, the control as well, isn't it? Because it's yes, it's that's just putting you in a negative situation. At no stage have you kind of um, interacted with that or or made a decision or or something. You just go straight from being somewhere safe to somewhere not safe. Yeah, you're just ripped out of it. Yeah, um, and if anything, that's just going to lead to a mistrust with the people that are around you and then make you. I would imagine it sort of pulls you back that little bit more because then there's less people around you that you're able to exactly to I guess trust in that situation. And then I have this I I it's undiagnosed because doctors are they don't know what it is, but I have some kind of tick disorder. Um it's kind of hard to explain, but it's a very humiliating thing. Um it developed it you, do you you know like Tourette's syndrome yep. that kind of thing? It's not that like I don't like scream, you know, obscenities or something, but like sniffles and throat clearing and like um, different thing, muscle ten- tensing yep. and like different sounds like <laughs> like that. Um, I do that all day, every day. And the more anxious I get, the more it happens. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't want people to see that. Yeah. Uh, because it's so humiliating. So that's another thing that keeps me from not only from going out and exposing myself like in public, but keeps me from wanting people to even come to me mm. uh, at my house. So <laughs> it's just like this long list of things that I need to figure out how to work through. And when I'm when I'm trying to tell like I feel I feel bad a lot of the times because people will be like, oh, you know, I thought of you. You should come out. Let's go do something or other and I over and over to different people have to explain myself um and most of the time they're like oh okay well maybe some other time but a lot of times they're like I don't get it why won't you just do this yeah like they they take it personally it's because I think to them it's it's that straight decision of um kind of you're saying oh i i can't come out and this is the reason and they're like yeah but that's that reason doesn't make sense or yes yeah there's there's not a comprehension of okay so you you just your approach or your thinking is different to mine and i can't quite understand that there's like a a non-acceptance of their non-understanding for themselves (laughs) and yeah um, it's just a challenge i think isn't it and and having that yeah, and, but then process. at the same time, though, dealing with people like that has made me much more understanding for other people, much mm. more approachable. Um, and I, that's something I almost kind of pride myself on because, you know, some days I won't speak to a single person. I'll just keep to myself, whatever. And then someone out of nowhere will uh, say on Facebook, they'll see a some kind of anxiety, you know, a meme or like a post or something, and they'll just tag my name. Hmm. or something and put like a little heart next to it. I'm like, oh, that's half nice that somebody was thinking about me. But then the other half is like, oh, the only reason that they think about me is when they see, you know, mental illness and stuff. <laughs> but but then the, the the nice thing will be when somebody will come to me out of nowhere and they'll be like, Danny, I know that you know more than anyone else that I know, that you know all these things, that you go through it and – um, I really need somebody to talk to. I know you're not going to judge me. I feel yeah. safe. I feel safe talking to you. I feel like it's going to make me feel better. You know, are you available right now? And I always make myself, I feel like I'm tooting my own horn here. I don't really mean to do that, but like I always make myself available to friends, family, mm. anyone, anyone, strangers, really. I, that's, it's all the same. Um, 
if they need someone to talk to because I always know how it felt to be in that position yeah. where I felt like, oh, there's nobody else in the world who understands what this feels like and I have nobody to talk to. Um, when somebody feels like that and I know it, it breaks my heart. And um, I always encourage them to to reach out and they never seem to um, regret it when they do because even if it's just for a little while, a little bit of relief, um, a little bit of feeling like there's somebody out else out there who is just like you. Um, it's huge. It's really kind of a huge thing. The first time that happened for me, I think I cried um, because it's, I don't know, it's, it's like a bonding thing, obviously, but yeah. it's very uh, therapeutic as well for think, both people. Yeah, definitely for both people. And I think it creates... Um, it creates a closeness as well. I think yes. with being able to kind of talk through that and maybe that's a, a communication or a relationship that lasts um, a couple of weeks or maybe it lasts a few years or forever or however long. But I think in, in that moment, the the ability to talk kind of openly and honestly to each other is something that you realise once you have that, that you spend so much of your time not doing that with other people um where i I, not on purpose i don't think a lot of the time but we do hold back we do um we do not talk about things um we avoid certain conversations we speak differently to different people depending on who we're with and when you're in that moment where you can just say um like this is me and this is what's going on these are the things that i've done the things that i think about the things that i feel and you're not kind of worrying about how that other person is going to take that information you know that they can just take everything in and that they'll give you some kind of mm-hmm. positive response whatever that is whether it's that's liberating yeah, yeah it's just it's it's yeah it's an amazing experience i i kind of refer to that kind of situation almost like a bond between soldiers or something Mm. Um, because it's like we're both fighting a war with our own minds yeah and so like we know on some level there's like some kind of connection and I mean not at all to to compare that to real to real fighting and and you know bloodshed and all that kind of stuff but it it feels like a war so to speak and it's like that bond between between soldiers or something like that and uh but yeah it is extremely liberating and and everything to know because so many people spend so much time in that prison of their own mind Mm. um and then you meet someone else who's like open to you like come like step out of your prison for a little while and maybe step into mine and let's share our thoughts, feelings, that kind of thing. And yeah. it's, it's very, uh, uh, it's immensely positive experience almost always. I think it's that kind of opportunity as well. Maybe it's the, the judgment that maybe we hold within our own heads, but, um, being able to talk to someone else that, you know, has kind of gone through something and it, yeah. um, it doesn't have to be the same thing as you. Um, but just knowing that they've gone through some kind of personal challenge, I think does mean that we feel like, that conversation is a conversation like it's to and throw mm. like i tell you a little bit you tell me a little bit we almost sort of it's like the campfire swapping stories yes rather yes. than sometimes i guess if you're talking to friends and you feel like 
you, it's more like you're on stage and you're either being interviewed or trying to tell everyone about a life story yeah. rather than an actual conversation. When I try to talk to somebody who doesn't really know, it feels something akin to like a comedian going on stage in front of a crowd and completely bombing. Mm. Not, you know, nobody laughing at their jokes or something like that. Like there's no positive reception. There's no... Um, no understanding they're, they they don't get it and that's not to fault those people at all i don't hold that against most people who you know are people you can't talk to you can't approach you can't expect everyone you know to be open to understand but at the same time um it is important to at least try to get those people to even commit just a little bit over time to to open open their mind at least yeah i'm talking about the people who uh, who kind of go out of their way to be like uh i don't understand that stuff and i don't want anything to do with it they i mean i'm not you can't tell them what to do but they really do need to um sooner or later try to understand it because you're always gonna encounter someone mm. in your in your life who's going through something like what you and i and so many yeah. other people go through and it is it's incredibly important to to know at least to some degree how to deal with that well, and how have, to make them feel better yeah we have um a stat that's gone around quite a lot in the last year where we have um it's uh one in four people i th- i i believe this is a uk stat and not a worldwide stat so it's a uk stat i think that one in four people will have um or be affected by um a mental health disorder um so yeah. one of the things that's pushed over here is very much that uh, if it doesn't affect you in regards to you um, having that disorder, you're going to know at least one person, if not a few, that are going to be affected by that. Um, yeah. So by having that information mm. kind of opens you up to those kind of conversations with friends or family members in the future as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I just looked it up. Um, it looks like it's one in f- one in five uh, as far as youth anyway. Mm. Um, the graphic I'm looking at right now is very, it's very blurry. So I can't really tell, but, um, oh, that must, yeah, that's that just 13. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the national Alliance on mental yeah, illness. We um, have, I know our, our one for young people. Um, so it's not clear to me what they are calling a young person, whether that's 16 or 21. Um, but young people in the UK, it's one in 10. Okay. So here we've got, uh, approximately 20% of youth ages 13 to 18 experience severe mental disorders in a given year. Uh, for age 8 to 15, estimate is 13%. Even that, yeah. 13% potentially of 8-year-old little little kids yeah. might be dealing with severe mental illness. That is incredible. Mm. Um, and then um, it is it is the same here, one in four for adults. Yeah. Um, so we've got the, uh, that might just be a worldwide worldwide statistic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, cause people are still people. I mean, your, your environment has a lot to do with it in a lot of cases too, but, um, most developed countries, I think, um, give or take some things, uh, have generally the same levels of, um, stress and issues going on in society that people have to deal with Mm. going going to work taking care of like i mean normal uh everyday things but um also things that go on within the country war and all the things that people worry about i think that all contributes greatly um to mental illness as does diet and um 
maybe parent, uh, like drug use in, in mm. parents, things like there's a lot of things, even, um, like our generation, um, I guess we're, we're still millennials. We're like, we're like the original millennials, I guess. <laughs> um, the young kids now, they call them millennials, but I don't know. That's like uh, uh, yeah, genera- like, Generation like, Z, they call it or something. I think you're being optimistic with a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like for our generation around 30, yeah, a lot of us might still have like parents who smoked or drank while they were pregnant. Um, and that, contrib- that actually causes a lot yeah. of, beyond mental illness, physical disorders as well. But we're still on, you know, in that group um i think for well, me my thought's always been about um i don't know if it's you try to explain it to yourself but it's been in my mind that yes there's certain times where you can kind of look back um and identify certain triggers that may have affected the way that you you think oh yeah. that you think or you feel but yeah. i also i also feel like i believe i don't know if this is like a self preservation thing that Actually, sometimes this stuff just happens because there is that chemical imbalance in your brain. There's no necessarily like one big trigger or something like that. Sometimes it just kind of it just happens. And that's the start of it. Um, And then obviously from that, there's going to be a reaction where you maybe make it worse or better for yourself because you've had that initial offset. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think there can be a number of different reasons. And like you say, there's a lot of, um, I mean, issues with drinking and smoking and things like that, I think maybe not to the same extent but I mean, that still exists today i think there's still oh yeah you haven't got to look far to find um parents male or female that are around um uh and doing things that maybe wouldn't necessarily be advised so yeah the next generation you know to come is i, I guess going to be even in even worse shape now that i think about it because <laughs> because of how bad um a lot of these the drug drug pandemics and 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 all of that or epidemic i I always get those two words confused epidemic pandemic um drugs and and people still smoke and whatever while they're pregnant and 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 all of that really it's proven to to do a lot one thing i'm i'm interested to sort of go back on the conversation we were having just before Uh um around sort of talking to people is i found um i find it a lot easier to talk to people when I'm not at home um, because there's that sense of like protection at home. It's like your <laughs> kind of like your safe place. Yeah. So I'm interested with like, obviously you have got to the stage where like your safe place is the place that you're in um, most of the time or all of the time and how that would affect you. Like, do you feel more comfortable talking to people there because it's, it's like your, your, your base or obviously like for me, that would I would struggle a lot more with that because I need to come away from the place that I consider home to be able to talk about it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I generally don't have any issues speaking to anyone regardless of where I am. Yeah. Uh sort of, but when I do leave, I'm because my anxiety levels are so elevated. Mm. You could probably ask anyone that knows me. Um if I go to like a store and I see I, I run into a friend yeah. or or sometimes a friend works at the store, I am going to talk your head off. Um, and I don't know if it's like an anxious response or what, but I'm just going to chat, 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 chat to the point where you probably need to tell me to shut up. <laughs> um, because it's, it's almost like because I spend so much time alone and there's so much 
so many thoughts and so many ideas and things swirling around in my brain, mm. I finally encounter a real person that isn't, you know, my mom or my 16 year old brother. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to just vomit all of these words out all at once to this person. And a lot of times I could slow it down and I could, you know, see that they're, they're comfortable and whatever. But, um, sometimes it's a combination of there being so many things and my, my focus and like my, um, my short term memory and, and all of that are, are not great anymore. Um, from like medications and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. I need to get it all out or I feel like I'm going to forget what I was saying. Yeah. But then also I just get kind of overexcited to be around another person. Um, which is kind of sad to, to, to say out loud, but it's, um, it is one of those things where you spend so much time isolated and you encounter someone and they're there in front of you to talk to. And almost for a little bit at first, I'm like, I kind of need to like rub my eyes and open them again and be like, Oh, they are really there. There's yeah. actually a person to talk to. All right. I'm going to talk to them. And that'll often turn into, you know, two, three hour long conversations, just about anything and everything. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say that though, because I think it's sort of in my mind. I sort of there's a lot of um, <laughs> I always like turns the stuff into like a metaphor and try and apply it to other things to get like that <laughs> understanding. And yeah. um, I think like I've always been. I really try hard not to take medication for stuff. Um, right. So right. Um, like we have. Um, paracetamol which do you have like ibuprofen or painkillers yeah, or something like any, that i don't um, touch any of it so if i get a really really bad headache i'll take some of those which um are like the the weakest <laughs> type of, <laughs> of of medicational drug that you could take and that will do quite a lot for me because um i have i've built up no kind of immunity to it because i don't yeah generally yeah, take no that. tolerance exactly yeah. and the way you sort of talk about sort of interacting with people makes me think oh like the benefit of i guess <laughs> trying to look at it in a positive way of not sort of interacting <laughs> with people all the time that you take yeah. so much <laughs> from the, that conversation or that interaction oh yeah it's, it's a lot more, more it's yeah. a lot more rich for you uh -huh. than someone else kind of doesn't get the as much of the benefit of that that interaction so it's yeah quite... it's it's mundane to them yeah. and to me it's like the most exciting event to happen in months yeah it's, it's in, very strange it's interesting the it's like, all a matter of perspective yeah, yeah. just and speaking of the medication thing that's funny because i have like a morbid fear of yeah. medication um which ends up being beneficial in a lot of ways like because um, I mean, I won't take anything. I won't even take vitamins. Um, but <clears throat> I used to. But like since I stopped taking anything at all, mm. I've gotten I think one time maybe in the past six years, maybe twice, I've gotten the flu one time and I got strep throat yeah. the second time. I still didn't take anything. I had a 106 uh, Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is. Celsius fever. Uh, I still didn't take anything. And it went away on its own. My body, because I wasn't constantly putting antibiotics mm. and, and things like that into my system. And I, this isn't something I thought about beforehand, but because I wasn't doing all of that, my body was more, was better equipped to fight it off on its own. Yeah. And I got better. And then I haven't, I haven't, I mean, knock on wood, I haven't had any kind of like even the cold, even a cold really, um, in a few years now, uh, come to think of it. And that's actually, mm. 
a nice little yeah. nice little side effect from having a phobia. Um, but yeah, if I get a headache, I just have to deal with it. At night, I can't fall asleep. So what I do is I read mm. and, I, and I pass out after like three pages. Maybe. Yeah, I used to, um, <laughs> like if I'm, when I have like downtime, I love reading, but um, I need to kind of really get into a, a book and then I want to get through it and I'll, I'll read a lot during that period. But same as you, like a lot of the time that I get a chance to read, it's it's at night and I'll just sleep straight away. And then it yeah. <laughs> it puts me off because I feel like oh, if I really want to read something, I need to read it at a time that isn't night <laughs> yes. because I want to kind of get through and make progress and find out what's happening. Oh, yeah. Um, I woke up today with my Kindle on my face. <laughs> like that's just how like it falls out of my hand onto my face and somehow I'm so exhausted by the time it I finally fall asleep that yeah. I didn't notice it. No, I've I've <laughs> I've nearly fallen asleep watching YouTube videos before. And I know when I get to that oh. stage where I'm like, it's time, I really should pull it down. I'll hold it up above my head. <laughs> because that's like that's the teller see the difference is when i start to go i drop it on my face yep. <laughs> and then i'm you like are not right, alone. i will now put that to the side and go to sleep <laughs> i've never woken up oh, i've woken up with it near me but not on my face <laughs> um speaking of youtube though have you ever encountered um asmr Ooh, no you know what that is no very very interesting thing um it's a whole community on on YouTube. ASMR, um, it stands for uh, autosensory meridian response, I believe is, is the term. And it's kind of scientific, but not really something proven. Do you, let me ask you this. If somebody leans over you when you're like sitting down and whispers something in your ear, what kind of response do you have from that? Um, it would is, it, is it positive or is it, do you get creeped out? Uh, it would probably be positive. Um, okay, yeah. If, if I'm not expecting it, then it's probably a negative reaction to start <laughs> off with. <laughs> but so then can you relate to kind of like that, maybe like a tingling sensation that's like, oh, that feels nice. Like when somebody whispered in your ear. Yeah. Okay. So there's this whole community, uh, mainly girls, I guess, where they, I mean, some of it gets kind of weird, but um, at its basic, like the fundamentals of it is they will speak very very quietly like this like this kind of thing and they'll they'll talk to you very calmly a lot of times they're like telling stories or they do like role i don't know i don't watch these kind but they do role play things where they like they pretend you're they're like a doctor or like a um like a, you're at a beauty salon getting a haircut or something like that but you wear headphones so and then they have these special microphones that can I don't know if my microphone does it, but it can pick up sound okay. based on which um, which ear they speak into. Mm -hmm. So then you'll hear in your microphone, in your uh, headphones, you'll hear one thing in your left ear, one thing in your right ear. And there's all kinds of things that are like triggers for people. Like um, some people like tapping sounds. Some people like whispering. Some people like when um, there's like gum chewing or like mouth sounds kind of. Um, all kinds of things like uh, that. It sounds really like... Something it's, I've never it's, heard of before. It's weird, but once you do it, it especially if it's something you enjoy, and I highly encourage you and anybody who listens to this who has not tried it to do it. It's um, primarily focused actually towards people with mental illness. I'm definitely um, going to try it. <laughs> yes, it's incredible. Um, I will recommend some people to you. I actually won a contest from um, 
there were three YouTubers. They were doing a contest to to win a virtual reality headset, kind of like you know, like the Oculus Rift and those uh, things. Yeah, like it's um, a, a bit. It's like a large visor, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. this was one that's for mobile phones. You oh. put your phone, you put your phone inside of it, and it turns your mobile phone screen. When you put this thing on your head, it turns it into virtual reality. And these YouTubers create these videos where you put it on, and they're all girls. Um, they're the one. Her name is Maria, I think. And then there's Heather, and I can't remember. This was like a year ago, so I forget now. But they do all kinds of things where you can like look around, and they're, they, it feels like they're there in the room with you. Um, and they do all the different little triggers. Um, but there's one specific one, uh, and I'll send you a link to it or something on, yeah. on Twitter, um, a little later, but I used to use this every single night to go to sleep. She reads, um, do you know Rumpelstiltskin? Uh, yeah, not in depth, but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I know it in depth now because every single night I would put my headphones on, I would lie in bed, I would fire up that YouTube video and it's just her reading the story to you from a book that she has. And she's kind of like, she turns the pages very slowly and um, like quietly and the microphone is sensitive and it picks it up nice. And she's got like a real nice low speaking voice. Um, and she just reads the story to you. And I would usually not even make it to the halfway point before I was passed out. And it was like not really nice sleep too. Like very comforting um and they have ones that are like how like let me help you calm you down from an anxiety attack or let me help you feel a little bit better while you're depressed like there's so much oh. of, a, of a community um of this thing you can get addicted to it really it's very <laughs> it's really something i discovered it maybe like two years ago and i even got my little brother he's 16 years old he's in uh he's going into 11th grade in high school mm. he listens to it every night <laughs> and he oh. wakes up i have to go i go in his room and i find him passed out with like you know all the the phone is sitting on his, <laughs> yeah. fa on his face Headphones and he's got, tangled yeah, around his neck. <laughs> they, they actually were yeah they were tangled <laughs> around his neck um but it's so it's so relaxing and it's not for everyone, but you know the um, you know that series on YouTube, YouTubers react. Yeah, it's like kind of like where they have like kids react. Yeah. Of, well, they have one called YouTubers React. I'll send you this too, where they show all these different people on YouTube, like the the celebrities on YouTube, like Jenna Marbles and um, like Grace Helbig, all those um, different big name people. Um, they have them do the. ASMR videos like they put headphones on them and they play them oh, okay. and they and they react to them and some of them are like oh god this is so creepy I can't do this and other ones are like I'm starting to feel things about myself that I didn't know existed <laughs> what is what this is incredible um, it's another thing to try as well isn't it because I've had oh, yeah. um, like oh, I forget what they're called um, like the meditation sort of um, yeah. wellness tapes and things like that that i've listened to before and for me like it works really well to start off with and then you become familiar with it and it sort of drops off and i need to have that gap before i listen yeah. to it again well that's why there's so many different ones that, yeah there's so many channels there's so many um content creators and and a lot of them you know make a living off of this they're so good at it people donate people you know youtube you can you get a partnership yeah. or whatever and you get paid but it's really something worth checking out um, anyone, even if you don't have like a mental illness, it's just kind of fun to, to try. 
Um, there's so many things for girls. There's like makeup. They do like makeup to like, they act like they're putting makeup on your face. I tried one once just to see what it was like. And it actually felt nice because they put the brush up against the microphone. Okay. And you feel that in your ear and it's like, Ooh, that's nice. And it's just relaxing. So, Hmm. um, if I have to recommend one thing, um, during this podcast, my endorsement ASMR. (laughs) So good. I'm definitely going to have to give it a listen and see. Not for everyone, but so good. Yeah. But I think, like I said, it's it's trying to build up and talk about these different, um, I guess, like resources. Because like you yeah. say, it, it won't be for everyone. But right. for, say, say, say like for this conversation, for example, that's something I've, I've never heard of and sounds really interesting. And maybe it'll work amazingly for me. And there's no way that I would have known about that other than having the chat with you so exactly <laughs> it's just all it's passing that information on and like we say having a conversation yeah and I, I would have never known about you know anxiety and mental health mm. podcasts if i hadn't seen i actually had first i had seen um who was your the the lovely girl in your episode 10 oh, uh, oh okay yes okay i yeah. saw her i saw something from her on twitter and then she linked to you or something like that. And I saw that and I was like, huh, I didn't even know that was a thing. And then you would ask me to be on and everything. And I was like, well, that is something that I have never done before. Yeah. I've never, never thought about before. And I would like to try that because to be honest with you, I was really nervous about it um, because it's something I never did before. Uh, but I'm glad I did. Mm. Uh, the, you know, this has definitely been really cool. And um, I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have known about it otherwise oh, that's really cool <laughs> to hear um yeah, oh, yeah i think absolutely. it's like i say that the opportunity to kind of have that um like the information sort of shared and passed on and get to talk to different people um yes. it is really good and i think especially like you say that the the different types um or not the different types the different um kind of like subgroups or communities that exist around mental health yeah and having that chance to sort of talk and like you say, maybe um, there's issue around mental health that maybe I have that you don't have or vice versa, but actually exactly. that kind of shared experience mm-hmm. or opportunity just to talk through stuff and um, can be a real benefit. I mean, and like like this afternoon, this afternoon or this evening or tonight, um, <laughs> <laughs> we probably spent 20 minutes or half an hour talking about politics. Um, yeah. And yeah. there were loose tie-ins <laughs> to mental health, but it's just sometimes having yeah, a I conversation tried. that... Um, uh like we're saying i think when you sit down you're able to have that um open conversation where it's naturally going to touch on on mental health because that's what we want to talk about that's what we're involved with and affected by but that doesn't kind of define us that's not the only thing that we're interested in or that we want to talk about um and i think that that really comes across in for me in the way that you've spoken and um being able to talk about the different issues that have affected you but it's not the thing that you kind of focus on and we've like i say we've spoken about different things and um yeah, you have I've, to be able to yeah we've got the uh i'm doing a pokemon go episode tomorrow <laughs> hopefully with a couple of people so um that'll be a really interesting one where uh just talking to a few different people and i know there's oh, i forget who's meant to be coming on to be honest um but uh, i think one of the girls said actually i've played it and i like the game but i don't really have anything to feed in with regards to like mental health and i'm like no but the idea is that um because i think it's going to be the hopefully it'll work well um that there's going to be a few of us and it'll be a chance for actually 
um, a small group of people to talk about um, a particular resource um, I yes. think is probably the way we're going to go at it um, and our experience maybe using that and reaction to some of the things that different people will say based on that um, because I think we're probably going to have a similar view but have had different experiences with it um, so it'd be, an in, it'd be an interesting sort of point to start off with and I know oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, if you've listened to obviously the other episode with Kay where we've spoken about um, CBT and um, which is uh, oh, cognitive behavioral, behavioral. therapy yeah. um, yes. <laughs> and having that kind of shared um, experience and conversation I think is really interesting and um, kind of building on that like obviously where the podcast started off and it's just me chatting away um, <laughs> and then sort of building that up to having people come on and have it's some to some extent it's it's you guys just talking about your story but I feel like um, a lot more it's it's us having a general conversation um, that touches on mental health and the different things we've experienced but it's mm-hmm. kind of like that open conversation that if we were if I said to you oh I'll come around and see you or we're going to meet up somewhere that we would just sit down and have a chat um, because that's what I feel like I would be interested in listening to. I'm not uh, over the. I'm not massively interested in hearing someone kind of sit down and um, if I'd have just said to you like, "Here's a question, you answer it." Here's a question. Oh, that's not really that interesting to me. Um, yeah, there's room for a little bit of that, of course, yeah. to keep things on track. But like, yeah, people. It, I mean, your name, your uh, the name of your podcast is Open Journal, yeah. and that's very much how I have seen it so far. It's been very open to everything and that's really cool that keeps it interesting and it gives uh, a lot of room for all kinds of other fun things to come in as well so um one of the things i i feel like i need to ask you because you kind of touched on it a few times at the beginning Mm -hmm. um now that you're talking to me from your gaming laptop you described yourself as a gamer. (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) as what are the what's your, your your main game what's the thing that keeps you going I mean, I'm very much into my Xbox. Yep. Um, I'm pleased to hear you're not a, uh, a PlayStation person. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> I'm pleased to hear you're not as well yeah. because, you know, right now, these days, I kind of feel like a minority being oh, Team Xbox. But I feel, I feel um, like my main... that's, because, that's because a lot of people were ignorant with the, with the launch. My, my main decision, I have to admit, I, I felt like initially... The, the graphics for the Xbox were better than the PlayStation, but a lot of my decision, if I'm being honest, came down to the fact that the Xbox had a larger controller and it just felt nicer in my hand. Oh, it's a, <laughs> yeah, I, I like mean, it's a great that controller. Was, that was really my main decision. There wasn't and if a we lot want to talk about the controller, though, <laughs> like I have a PS4 so that I could play, you know, Devil's Advocate when I need to and whatever, and there's a couple games that are worth um, getting it for i'm not gonna bash you know it's it's a fine enough system but it feels very imper it it feels very lonely and impersonal kind of like it's very generic the interface and everything feels like it's just meant for one person mm. but um the controller when i'm playing on ps4 when i do rarely every three or four months i have to control that thing or uh, charge that thing every two or three hours maybe uh my xbox one i have the elite controller um, the the where you can change the sticks and all that stuff. Okay. Um, I play for maybe three or four days before I have to plug it in. Wow. Uh, and then even then, it came with a cable that's like fifteen feet long, 
I don't know what that is in meters. We're we're uncivilized. We don't have the metric system oh, here. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy with feet, feet are fine. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember yeah. then. Um, um, yeah, that's quite yes. far. How far away are you standing? <laughs> <laughs> well, from my TV, I'm maybe like 10 feet away from the oh, okay. TV. Yeah. Um, but I actually plug it into my laptop to charge it. But yeah, Xbox is really what I love. Um, that's where, like my brother, who's my best friend, really, uh, he's t- he just turned 25. He lives in Philadelphia, uh, in Pennsylvania, and I you know I still live at home, obviously in New Jersey. Mm. We have both always been like all the way back to Xbox 360. Um, we both buy our games on that. We get mul- that's how we stay in touch. We get all the different multiplayer games that come out, co-op things like that. Um, we've been playing Elder Scrolls Online together for the past few months uh, on Xbox One, um, and that's like a great way for us to still stay friends, even though he lives a couple hours away. Yeah. Um, but I come from PC roots, though. Um, when I was if we're talking about modern times, because if we're talking about just video games in general, I started playing video games when I was one year old, I think, um, on Atari. Oh. And that, I mean, those were, I used to play uh, this game called Kangaroo. Okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if you remember that one, but it played the song Oh Susanna in like really the little like 8-bit graphics. And it was like, do, 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 do. Um, and I just have, I just have a memory of that game being so young that I shouldn't remember it, but, um, Zelda, my mom used to watch me play the original Zelda on Nintendo while she was pregnant with my brother, which was, so she always tells me that story and that was really cool. But, um, all my life, I always, all of those things, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, all that stuff I always played. But, um, when I was 14 years old, I... I heard about this game called EverQuest. Um, that was a. Do you, have you heard of it? You know this game? Uh, no, I don't know it. I feel like I may <coughs> have seen like a trailer or something, but no, I don't, I don't know it. It uh, it came out in 1999. It, you you know World of Warcraft, right? Yeah. Okay, it's that kind of. It's the pretty much the first game that ever came out that's like that, where you play with thousands okay. of other people, like a massively multiplayer online. Yeah. Uh, perfect for somebody like me, but. When I was like 14 years old, I really wanted that game, but you needed a credit card to be able to play it. Um, and I was outside. I remember begging my dad, can I can I use your credit card, please? You can't sign up without it. And he was like, no way, no way, no way. And he was cleaning the pool uh, and he had like a really long pool skimmer. And he turned around and he accidentally hit me in the face with the pool um, with the pool skimmer <laughs> where I was like, oh, and he felt so bad that he was like, you know what? You, you can use, you can use my credit card. <laughs> so that's how I got started with this game. And I popped it in and my, all my teenage years, every day I would come home from school. I'd come home from work. Uh, I worked in a nursing home when I was a teenager um, and just log into this game. And that's my favorite type of game because you go in and you get lost in this whole other world, you know, with all these like fantasy elements and stuff, but you meet other people is the coolest part. You know, you actually form friendships and, um, go on like adventures. Obviously I'm, I'm a nerd (laughs) and, and I'm, uh, I'm proud of that fact. I'm 
uh, not ashamed at all. I'm one of those people who, you know, got bullied a little bit when I was, when I was young and in school and everything for, for being into those kind of things. But guess what? It's mainstream now. Oh no. Can you imagine being at school now? We'd be so cool. Yeah. We'd be (laughs) awesome. We'd be like, Oh my God, you play this game. You play that game. But I don't know. I got into those kind of games and I met all kinds of people. And then yeah, world of Warcraft came out and all these different games. And that's really my big, uh, my big thing that I'm into. I always look for what's the next one that's coming out. Um, the, the, the multiplayer ones, but otherwise I'm always playing Xbox. Just, I just finished playing, uh, doom was like the new, the new doom that they came out with, which was a game from when I was a kid. So that was nice. I think I remember playing the old, because there was a doom on, yeah, on on 60, on the 60, on N64. I think I remember playing that, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. version. I think that's the only version I've ever played of Doom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've that I a lot of the computer games that I ever got to play when I was a kid was sneaking into my father's room, like his office. He had the computer that was off limits and I had my own, but it wasn't good enough to mm. play games. And he would be at work and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to go sneak in there real quick and <laughs> you know, get in 20 minutes of um uh, Command and Conquer, I think was one of the games I used to play and whatever else but uh, yeah video games have always been a huge uh, part of my video games and like anime um i took japanese in high school all throughout uh, you know japanese uh, language class mm. um that's how i'm i made most of my like lifelong friends actually in in japanese class which was really cool wow. had my first kiss Oh, what a story. Because of Japanese. I know, right? Because all because of Japanese class. So I do have a, a pretty big interest in uh, in in Japan and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, all kinds of just I just I just like uh, I like nerdy things. I, I relate to that. I could relate to a lot of other things too, which is a good thing to be able to do, but I think sometimes as well it's that um not necessarily just for 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 people with mental health um issues but I think for everyone is that it's that type of uh i guess like a, a escapism as well in Absolutely. creating that that other world and um I've realized that uh c- because I still follow uh like American wrestling and um, oh, okay cool I used to that I used to that kind of um, I just said I was I was probably quite into it when I was probably in my teenage years and then dropped off completely. Um, and then in the last couple of years, I think I've gradually um, like I'll watch highlights and I'll follow the the like the information that comes out online. And I think for me it is that um, like I don't watch soaps, um, so it kind of becomes like the soap that I watch um because it's got it's got that entertainment it's got that other world that it kind of creates and it feeds into that um that idea of of different sort of stories going on in that other world it's very dramatic too yeah and I think it's that that build up to kind of move away from like the issues that you are kind of going through and and look at this ridiculous kind of situations that are created in this made up world (laughs) yeah yeah it's I agree completely um like i say i guess a lot of people get that sometimes from from soaps because that's what they watch and it is that um extended uh, not extended it's that um kind of enhanced version of of your life or of in brackets real life um and i think when you look at things like um wrestling it's even further than that they create like the ridiculousness that that isn't really um real world and then when you look at um other things i think like 
anime where it is set away from there's obviously real world elements but it's set away from that it is a different world it is yeah. kind of created in that and you can invest in in that and move away from maybe some of the issues that you experience in in i say in this world like uh, yeah <laughs> in this environment i guess <laughs> yeah well the cool thing with anime too is like a lot of it is of course very you know science fiction or fantasy or whatever but then a lot of the ones that i end up liking the most are the ones that are like um very close to being real but they're just you know like maybe they take place in school or yeah. something like that because i it's like a life that you actually maybe could have lived. Yeah. And I like to think about stuff like that. That and the ones that are about food. Because when I when I watch those, sh- the, the food, like there's one that I'm watching now. I, it's called uh, Sweetness and Lightning. And every episode they, um, they cook something. And I find myself starving. But it's 20 minutes long. And by the time I'm done, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to cook yeah. when I go downstairs. I mean, there's so many different... It's just like with it's just like with any kind of media, really, books and mm. um, movies, so on and so forth. There's that that sweet escape, and it's a healthy escape because you know let's let's be real. There's um, people that find their escape from whatever they're dealing with with very unhealthy mm. um, outlets, drugs, and so on and so forth. But um, can I, I just think, say how lovely it was that when you were talking about media, the first one that you said was books. <laughs> I, I take it you're... you're oh, it, it, you didn't say TV or film or anything else. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I'm I, a huge fan of all of those yeah, things. Yeah, I, no, I, I have to say my, my book usage has definitely dropped quite a lot. But um, hmm. I, yeah, just like the love of reading, the love of books, like I... Um, I've tried reading, um, I've got an iPad, I've tried reading on there and it just, it doesn't really, there's something about it that doesn't connect with me in the way that reading a physical book does. Um, so I, I, I can't really read, um, online. It doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. I'm not really interested. The connection's not there. Um, I prefer like reading, uh, an actual book, which then obviously means, it's more difficult to do because if yeah. you if you can read from a screen and you can have it on your phone or a tablet, then yes. actually you can pick it up and maybe read a chapter anywhere and anywhere because you're always going to have that with you. That's There's... where I really like the Kindle, though. Yeah, I, I have to say because that was a perfect middle ground. I had the exact same view as you on books. I wanted to smell the paper and have the feeling of of like holding a book. But then I got this uh, the paper white. It's called. It's like a hundred dollars or so. Um, That's probably like a thousand pounds now. (laughs) (laughs) It could be. (laughs) We'll have to do like a like an exchange or something. Yeah, if we do (laughs) do one now and next time we chat and see how much it's changed. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, But it was so worth it because I, like I said, I had the same view as you. um, But I was just I was getting like because I was reading at the time when I bought it. I was reading. the fourth or fifth book in the like a song of ice and fire game of game of thrones and all that and it was a thousand over a thousand pages the book and i'm holding this thing in my hand and my my fingers were starting to cramp and then at night i had to keep the light on Mm -hmm. all that stuff so i was like you know what i'm gonna try out one of these things so i got one and i don't ever want to hold a real book again it feels it feels terrible to say that but it's so nice. You you could, <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm 
you're able to like so easily get any of you don't have to order yeah, anything or wait for it to come in the mail or whatever um and the backlight is really what does it for me uh, but it, it looks like paper though it really does look like paper it's funny that you mentioned game of thrones because uh when i was in australia we uh i watched the first three seasons of game of thrones through the tv show and um then there was obviously a big gap until the fourth season and I was like, oh, I'm really interested. I want to know what happened. So I decided <laughs> I was going to read the books and I've got a weird thing where I, I couldn't start the books like halfway through. So I was like, I'm going to start from the beginning and just read through what is probably very similar to what I've seen already. It's not a wall though. <laughs> no, I think the first book for me, like the first book was identical. The yeah, that the is first book is yeah. almost word for word and then it starts to differ. Um, so I read through... Um, all of the, is it six books? I can't remember. Um, all of the six books. We're in waiting Aus- on number six now, I believe it is. Um, so read through all of the books while in Australia. Um, but that did mean that I wasn't prepared to give them up because I felt like <laughs> they were books that I probably would reread at some stage. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. So when you're traveling around, <laughs> and I already had a couple with me, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the stage where the books are not only taking up quite a large amount of space in when you're traveling, not a very, well, it is a very big bag, but you've got to get everything in there. Yeah. It's the weight as well. You realize books oh, yeah, these are things quite are heavy. <laughs> yeah, they are. And and hard co- I always like hardcover too. So it's yeah. like to think of of what you can carry in something like a kindle or a tablet yeah because and that little kindle <laughs> the space is and like... the weight <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah. yeah that was the time that it most appealed to me when i was packing a, a suitcase and trying to work out oh do you know what it could <laughs> this could all be in my hand but instead it's what half of my handy. bag yeah i've got yeah. to throw away some clothes and <laughs> get rid of some stuff because i need to for make space of... for this next book <laughs> yeah for the sake of westeros <laughs> yeah oh i've been really really waiting i'm much like all the fans for the next book and it's driving me crazy having to watch this most recent season and see things spoiled that i would have been reading um to jump in before you talk anymore (laughs) um (laughs) i i i hadn't seen anything past season three um until recently um and then i i got a uh, like a 14 day pass on one of these um tv websites to be able to to go online and view whatever and uh i watched season 4 5 and most of season 6 in about 3 or 4 days um and I think I've I think I've missed off like the last two or three episodes of the later season. Oh, those are the best ones. Which yeah, right. someone said that to me, and I'm like, I need to. I've um, got a new card coming in the post, so I can re-register <laughs> with a new card. <laughs> like the reason. There's so many spoilers out there too. You got to be careful. You got to get on that. I know, um, but it's because I wanted to avoid it mainly because having seen the first three seasons and then read the books, I actually yeah. much preferred the the book version of the story yeah um and i kind of got to the stage where i wasn't really interested in in watching the tv and that's why i'd missed a couple of seasons because i thought i just i'm not as fussed about that that version of the story but like you i got kind of got to the stage where i was like how long am i going to have to wait (laughs) and the tv is now going to surpass the books yeah and so it's now going to ruin it for me 
So I do need to watch the TV to find out at the the kind of the same time that stuff comes out, um, <laughs> but also have the understanding that that is a different version, and so it will be potentially different in the books because I know That's what I'm hoping, yeah. I know if it was me, I don't know because he takes so much long and the books are so thought out and um, so well prepared. Very descriptive as well. I, I can't help. I mean, maybe he doesn't do it, but for me. Um, I would have sat down when he was talking to the TV execs and said, this is a story that I want to tell. Here are my main plot points because he knows they're going to overtake him. Mm. Um, and then when I write the books, I would write a different version because yes. everyone <laughs> would have already seen that ending. I think he's going to kind of do something like that, to be honest. I think a lot of what has happened in the show, especially this season now that it surpassed the books, uh, I think I actually even read a few things about how <clears throat> he just kind of gave them an outline not really a word for word this is yeah. what's going to happen and i don't know i kind of have faith in him that he's gonna uh we're gonna have a lot i mean you still uh, you, you need to watch those two those last yeah. two episodes because i will say that they are probably the best two episodes in the entire series by far oh. um absolutely i'm crossing my fingers incredible for next week i'm crossing my fingers for next week to be able to go and watch those. <laughs> do you do you um you're not able to what is it hbo hbo now i think it's called no is that available in the uk um i watched through something called now tv oh um so it gave me uh a 14 day like free trial um yeah you can watch as much as you want during that time but you have i can't re-register with the same card because you still have to put in your card details beforehand and it says if you basically if you don't cancel before your free trial runs out, then it'll charge you from the very next day. Yeah. So to sort of trick you into that, you have to give your card details to start off with. Um, and some of the other sites I've looked at won't cover um, Game of Thrones um, is, on the free trial. Is HBO now or is HBO not a network in uh, in the no, UK? No, no. Oh, because that's the channel that it airs in. Uh, that yeah, it airs we have, on. Um, over here, it's I think it's Sky Atlantic. Oh, okay. Um, I wonder though if HBO Now is available in the UK because they give you a free month. I think is the trial. Oh. Um, if you go to hbonow.com, um, it would probably tell you right away. Like if it it would say like oh not available in your in your country if that were the case but i'm not really sure um but the free trial um i think it's a month if not a month two weeks yeah and two it, weeks uh, is long enough to watch a couple of episodes oh yeah yeah you only, I, you only, I reckon I could you do it in two days day. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah give me uh, i'll give myself some flexibility with two days <laughs> yeah and their and their app is like you know you could put it you could put it on ipad it's mm. on the computer it's on xbox um all those different things but it's uh, hbo um is probably the best channel out there really that's that's where um at least two of my favorite shows of all time have aired um the sopranos and six feet under i don't know if you've ever uh, yeah i know both shows i didn't I, yeah. I didn't really get into i don't think oh they're I, incredible. I never, yeah i never watched any of the sopranos i think i probably watched one episode of six feet under um both, just both like life-changing kind of shows to me <laughs> I think some of them as well, like it requires a little bit more to get into sometimes. I remember yeah, um, when I yeah. when I watched, when I started to watch Game of Thrones, I think initially it was a case of 
Um, I was doing some volunteering at this other place um, in Australia and they had uh, like a load of TV episodes stored on a hard drive. Okay. Uh, so it's basically a decision between Game of Thrones or... Um, oh, what's the other... Pro- is it this... Um, Boardwalk Empire. Okay, that was a and, great show too, but Game of Thrones is better. Yeah, so it was a choice between watch, watching one of those two, and I thought, ah, oh, I don't want to get into two because it's too much to watch. So the plan was to watch episode one of both shows and then make a decision as to which one to sort of watch all the way through. Oh, well, that's a good idea. Um, so I watched episode one of Game of Thrones, and I was like, oh, I'm not fully invested in it, but <laughs> I, I do want to watch the second episode. So I was like, I will watch the second episode. And then that was it. <laughs> Boardwalk Empire never got t- a chance. <laughs> yeah, board, I mean, yeah, Boardwalk Empire is, uh, I don't know, It's it, it actually, funny enough, takes place right near where I live. Oh. Uh, in New Jersey, it's in Atlantic City, which is like t- 20 minutes for me. But that was initially what got two things that got me into that. The fact that it was in New Jersey mm. and because it was um, Martin Scorsese, who, I mean, Goodfellas, yeah. all, so many, so many films that that I love. Um, he, he I think he directed the whole thing or maybe it was just the pilot, whatever it was. But I was like, oh, I need to watch this. Mm. But um that's also my kind of thing. I love those uh, crime, uh, mafia kind of yeah. kind of things. It's interesting as well just to watch through um, and compare as well because it's something where obviously we've both seen the TV and the books and, yeah. and see the differences as well sometimes because I've, mm. I was interested to read through... Um, and I don't, I don't really think it counts as a, a spoiler when we're talking about something from like season two or three now. Um, nah. <laughs> but to see um, the the red wedding at the end of season three, oh, I think it I was. Know. And um, so to have seen that, and then to be reading the books afterwards, um, where I forget her name now, but Rob's wife doesn't even go to the wedding in the books, oh, yeah, and is still yeah. alive. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, well, obviously nothing happens to her character because they've been able to kill her off so early in the story on the TV. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it just seemed like it was really weird to read through. And I was like, but she's not going. But then how does she die? And I, I can't remember if there's even mention in the books of her being pregnant. I think they... I don't think I, she was, no. I think they might sort of say it as a rumour or something at some stage, but it's never sort of followed up. I, I can't remember. Mm. Um but it is interesting to sort of see that difference. And I think there's, um, I think I'm right in saying I, I got a bit of a gist off of someone at work um, that has seen the episodes that I haven't seen, that there is potentially somebody that comes back, that comes back a lot earlier in the books. Um, or if that doesn't happen, I guess it happens in the next season. Um, and that's quite interesting as well to see the, the, the different timelines are, are so different. Um, yes. <laughs> with how it's told um, but then I guess there's oh, I, I don't know I mean there's I can't think which books it is but I know there's um, there's two books that basically tell I think in my mind the two books sit next to each other side by side timeline wise but they oh, focus on Crows and yeah, Dragons yeah focus on different characters and so I suppose in that yeah. regard you know why that the, happened actually he 
it was just too much. Yeah, to he wrote too book, much, and he was it? like, "All right, I need to split this up into yeah. two books." But for me, that was really annoying because there was basically one book that dealt with characters I didn't care yeah. about. Yeah, a lot of the characters were like, <laughs> and I was like oh, oh, "I've right, got to read through you. this." <laughs> and yeah. um, obviously, they don't do that on the on the series, where that you might have an episode or two episodes where they'll focus on sort of a couple right. of stories a lot more, so, but not over a whole season. Because in my mind, a book kind of equates to a season. Sort of, yeah. That's the way they kind of do it. yeah. And now the funny thing is, though, he's released quite a bit of um, sample chapters from the new book that we're yeah. waiting on. And a lot of those, um, like one or two of the viewpoints from the new book are of characters that are already dead on the show. Oh. So that's very weird. Yeah. Um, that is strange. Yeah. And that's going to be something interesting to see. Like, does that person actually... Did he intend for them to die at all, or yeah. are they important, or who knows? Yeah, it's it's interesting to see, and I think um, no for me, like the the big thing was um, like through the books, there's a lot more about the the Stark children and their interaction with the the wolves, whereas in the yes. TV season, it seems like it's only Jon Snow that really. Um, yeah, those par- poor dire wolves are all, yeah. all out there. Yeah, whereas it felt like it was... Like, kind where's of... Nymeria? I don't know where Nymeria is. Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's one of those where um, I get used to, like, the, the wrestling storytelling, <laughs> where they just <laughs> they just leave that out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, just make up whatever you want, and that's probably what happened. <laughs> or whether it's... It, you, there's, like, an expectation of, like, a, a, a book writer that they actually do come back to that and tie it up. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of one of the cool things about George R. R. Martin, though, is he doesn't care what you expect of him. Yeah. And he doesn't care how much you like this character or that character. He is going to kill them. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Well, think- except for, I think, five characters um, he had said back in the 90s when he first started writing that they were going to be safe through the entire um, series. Yeah. That makes me feel like you've got to kill one of them. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, like, no. Like, yeah. isn't the as much as everyone always dislikes it? Like, if you create a little bit of uproar and you kill off somebody, that kind of makes that can make a series or a season. Or, like, um, I don't know if you're into Harry Potter at all. Um, yes, but uh, the, one of the things that killed, like, I didn't read any of the books. Me um, neither. So I've just seen the the films, and the thing yeah. that killed it all for me. Um, was essentially a couple of small things at the end of the last film and it kind of ruined everything for me. Where, Did it really? <laughs> um, I had the issue with the fact that we've seen um, these real-life children have grown up um, oh, yeah. and we, we've had to believe that they, they're still younger than they actually are. Um, and then all of a sudden in the last 20-second scene where we yeah. have to suddenly believe that they're like 30 or 40 or something. Old man Harold Yeah, Park. and like, why can't you just get in other actors <laughs> for this one scene? We all know who they are. There's a guy <laughs> with glasses, a ginger guy and a girl. Like, <laughs> It's really not going to be hard for us to understand who they are. They don't need to be the same actors and look ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. That annoyed me quite a lot. And the I fact, guess it was for some emotional response, but... <laughs> oh, but it just became unbelievable. Yeah, and, yeah, um, I agree. For me, although there were other characters throughout the the seasons or episodes um i'm like in a story that big i i get that there's three characters and you love them and blah 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 but for me in something that big and it dealt with some i'd say some fairly dark um points throughout the type of themes that they have oh yeah 
definitely. For me, one of those three main characters has to die. Yeah, I think that is a fair point. Um, but I don't know. I, in in a lot of ways, it was meant to be like a children's story. I oh, guess. Yeah. It w- at the same time. Yeah. But, but then if you look at Narnia. Yeah. Uh, for instance, I don't know. Narnia will always be one of my favorite book series that I that I read when I was a, a child. And I don't know. I forget. I don't think anybody really died in that, but it was very. Uh, the again, I've not read the books, but in the film, I know he comes back. But the, yeah, the Aslan, death scene yeah. with Aslan, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. That's not. Well, how is that the, a children's film? <laughs> well, with the books, yes, it's very. It, it's is it graphic. It's in for the children, but it's very. It's very adult, and it's actually weirdly. Um, it's supposed to resemble Christianity or something. Oh, okay. I guess I he was re- he was very that. religious. Yeah. Um, I feel and, like in a book that's probably much more. Yeah, explained. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas in the film they're just like, yes, let's gun I mean, the lion. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know that it's like something you would have to pick up on it, like, or yeah. have somebody point it out to you, like, well, you see, he dies and then he's resurrected and then this thing and that thing. And when I first read about that, I was like, oh, like I'm not a religious person, but, but you can, yeah. Like, yeah, I could, I, I was forced to go to, you know, Catholic school as a, as a kid and everything. I know, I know some, uh, about it and it, it actually does make sense when yeah. you, when you read an analysis or something. Mm. Yeah. I do think I, I, I get that sometimes you'd need it explained, but I just feel like that's probably, it's maybe a slightly clearer, um, yeah. idea within a book because they give that detail rather than um you come back to that thing like if you're setting a scene in a book you have to describe like the night sky or the grass or whatever yeah which Whereas is gonna in a movie you're like ages. well that's just the image so yep, no, we don't have to describe it. that that is yeah there. um <laughs> and <laughs> you can sort of miss that because you are focusing on the actor in the foreground and you pay no attention to the stuff that's in the background whereas in the book you have to pay attention to it to some extent because you're reading it. Yeah, you can't just skim it and forget about all the imagery. That's... Yeah. And then that reminds me, though, something you had said reminds me, like, between book and film differences. It makes me think of, like, Peter Pan, I think it was. Peter Pan was a, a kind of almost like a horror book, the actual book or play, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, and then it was made into a children's movie. But in the book... It's about people, about kids being abducted in their sleep and it's about murder and all kinds of stuff like that. But then, you know, it's a children's, it's a children's yeah. movie adapted into a children. Same thing with, I think, Little Mermaid and I all remember, kinds of- Yeah, I remember watching a, I think there's a couple of YouTube videos where they tell you like the, mm-hmm. um, is it like a lot of the Disney films and stories are based on old um grim tales and yes yeah. um, they go through and tell you like the dark story that they originate from and you're like, oh my god <laughs> exactly like, yeah as much as that people pick out odd bits that are meant to be like adult humor inserted into disney anyway <laughs> you think and this yeah. is where the story came from <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's why they're there who who read those stories and thought this is going to be suitable for children <sighs> yeah I mean, that's the case with a lot of things that kids watch even nowadays, though. That's true. Um, what's your favorite sort of mental health related film? Um, you know what was a great movie? Mental health related. Um, it's kind of a funny story. <sighs> yeah. That was a good movie. Um, 
Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen the film, uh, and I've I read the book. Oh, after I guess that's a book the film. Um, I that's don't, what immediately comes to mind. But, yeah, um. I, I really liked that, and I I loved I loved everything about the story. Um, but I've read stuff online that <laughs> makes me feel like it's actually a really bad film, <laughs> even though I loved it. And they I'm were, gonna need to watch it again now. They, they were. Talk, it was. They basically talk about the fact that it um it idealizes um a, a recovery institution and the fact that this guy oh, yeah. that has like serious issues yeah um, when in, i wa- in a week is recovered and finds a girl is that how long it's supposed to take oh yeah and you just um, think, um yeah when i watched <laughs> it i remember having triggers because i you know i've been in that essentially the place he was in i've been yeah. in that but the place that they show is much nicer than it really is <laughs> It's a much more pleasant, like you don't fall in love with somebody when you go away. You don't yeah. meet a girl, you know, you don't meet a pretty girl that you end up going to a concert with after yeah. and all that kind of stuff. You go there and you are scared half to death for, for a week. Hmm. <clears throat> but I'm trying to think of what else uh, is even I mental, mental health films Besides One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've not so seen that. Of course, that. that's phenomenal. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. I know. Classic anyway. Um, I like what was the one I saw recently? Um, Silver Linings playlist. Oh, Silver Linings yeah. playbook. Love that movie. Um, that was really I, good. I love. Uh, I love her. First of all, I'm a huge fan of hers. Yeah. Uh, and it uh, it had a lot of uh, football tie-ins, like American yeah. football tie-ins. Yeah. And I'm a Giants fan. And they had the whole like Giants versus Eagles rival. I don't know. There was all kinds of cool stuff in there that I liked, but. Um, that, yeah, that was a great movie. I didn't think to to tie that to mental illness, but that's absolutely. I think because um, is it? Uh, I can't think. Oh, what's the guy's? Oh, damn it, his name is Bradley Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Bradley. his his character, I think, is is suffering from he's suffering from depression. And she's like, and she's bipolar. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because I think yeah. I, I was thinking it's sort of bipolar or split personality or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, definitely the post-traumatic stress, I think, too, because I think it was that her her husband was murdered or her child or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, it was something to do with a previous relationship, wasn't it? And then she started yeah. um, sleeping with a lot of people in the yeah, workplace or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I yeah, I, I, I really like that because I, I felt like that was the one that kind of really closely linked into the – although it still had a kind of a – fairy tale end yeah throughout <laughs> which annoys me a lot <laughs> you almost um, have to have that in movies. yeah it's got to be um, the conflict resolution and the happy ending and yeah, all that it's like we're happy when we meet and then we have that yeah like you say the conflict um, yeah but i felt like yeah there was some quite um like there were the small things in there um that kind of resonate quite a lot with some of the issues that that we pick up on sometimes as well and things like um the uh in one of the early scenes where um he goes up into his parents bedroom and he's like moaning about the book that he's read oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i'm like it's that those little picky things sometimes that just don't sit with us and you can't quite get your head around and you you overthink um what other people will just sometimes accept exactly yeah and uh that i found that kind of that sort of input like quite interesting because you don't always think that that kind of thing will come across in a film yeah yeah, well, that's how you really know, I think, that somebody involved in the writing process knows what it's like mm. when it can be relatable on that kind of level. Yeah. 
I got to re that's one of very few movies that I actually own on like Blu-ray. Oh, because um, I, I like it that much. <laughs> yeah, I've gone back to um, buying DVDs and things now just oh. because digital's so expensive. Like, <laughs> I love having stuff on digital and just being able to like pop it up and everything's cleaner. But oh, I, like, you can buy a DVD for a pound. Um, yeah. And then the digital copies, like, oh, yeah, it's just so much more expensive. I uh, I won't I won't uh, speak on how I obtained most, <laughs> most of my movies, <laughs> but uh, it's it's much less expensive. <laughs> I'll leave it, it at that. It almost has no expense. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, oh, I think I'm gonna uh, round us off. Yeah, so, it's probably like what one a.m. for you. Yeah, almost. getting up yeah. to that. It's still it's still really warm. Um, so I think I'm probably going to go and get a drink and maybe open a couple of windows now it's a little bit cooler outside. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so it's been great to talk to you, Danny. And yeah, it's been really uh, great. Um, hopefully we can have a chat again sometime and uh, run yes, through. Yes, cool. And um, if any kind of, you know, multi-person thing goes oh, on yeah. that, that you think I might be interested in, I will, uh, you know, let me know and I'll, I'll, cool I'll check that out maybe. Um, and... Like a group chat or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and send me the links to the... Yeah, I'm going to send you the ASMR stuff, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go eat dinner, but... I'll come <laughs> and then yeah, it doesn't I'm going to send you now. that <laughs> Yeah, don't worry about doing it now. Yeah. Um, one thing, if you're... Obviously, if you've listened to the other podcasts, if you're happy to do like an intro or something, I can add into the beginning. It's just um, you basically introducing yourself. Would that be okay? Um, Like introducing myself how? Yeah, so um, with the other guys, just ask them just to introduce themselves by name um, and I can kind of um, do like a little um, here's so-and-so. Um, so you just say your name, um, where you're from um, and some of the other guys have got other websites and blogs and stuff that they've mentioned but um, if you don't have any of that, you don't need to mention um, any other bits and pieces. So what, like I would say something like... Um... Like hi, I'm Danny, and I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Basic, because yeah. yeah. I don't have, because I don't have, I don't have a website. I don't, uh, you know, I just this is my first, uh, my first thing, really. Yeah, it's good being, being on here. So, um, so no, that's cool. If you're happy, just yeah, just uh, I'm Danny from New Jersey. That's cool, and then I can clip it uh, and just throw it at the beginning of the episode, so it sounds like we're talking together. Well, I might have to say it a few times because uh, weirdly, I can say as many things as I needed to like talk about as many things as I needed to talk about. But then thinking about doing that, I'm like, oh god, I'm so nervous. Oh, okay. What, so nervous. <laughs> what we'll do then is um, I'll just ask you the question and you answer it, and then I'll clip it from that right yeah, when you yeah, have to cool. talk. Um, so, Danny, what's your name? My name is Danny. Cool. And Danny, where do you live? I live in southern New Jersey in the United States, uh, right by the beach. Lovely. Uh, I, can pull, <laughs> I can pull that out and clip it. I've, I've got really is good. That, I've worked is that out. enough? Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Um, I, I've gradually gone through because the, like the program that I use to stitch all of the audio together, mm. I've only just worked out that I can zoom in um, basically on the audio. Oh, and get it really makes, precise. Yeah, yeah. which... Um, I, I wasn't doing before and it was really difficult to like, <laughs> match up and I was like oh my god like how do I crop out the bit where 
Um, like I say that, and it doesn't really need to be in there. Yeah, um, yeah. And I've worked out if I zoom in, like you can cut it down really finely. <laughs> but I've only just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you using? Like um, some, something on Mac only, yeah, I guess. Right? So I've got uh, GarageBand. Oh, okay. I have um, that on my iPad, but I have no idea how to use it. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at um, having stuff on the iPad because I thought oh, it'd be easier to uh, to like record and it'd be more portable. So like yourself being in bed, um, it is. Yeah, I have so the adapter for yeah, the. Uh, I'd be able to do that, but for the Yeti microphone, um, I like the something to do with because the software that I've got is like the desktop version. Right. If I wanted to have it on the iPad, then that's like the mobile version, so I'd have to pay for it. Really? Um, because it's not the same. Apparently, there's a different. It's a different. Program. I think GarageBand for iOS is actually free now. Oh, I might have to have a look on the iPad. Because I have it and I never paid for it. Oh. Like, and I, I didn't pirate it or anything either. So you wouldn't um, do that for anything. Dad, no, I would <laughs> never ever. Um, I'm an upstanding citizen. Yeah, I, I'll have to have a check. But yeah, so I've got um, the GarageBand on on here, which I use to to edit the audio. Oh. Um, and I have a like a Skype recorder, which I paid for. I think that was. Uh, I'm not sure. I think that might have been about ten pound. So, oh, that's not bad. I don't know. Maybe like one dollar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't, I'm not sure. Fifty um, cents. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that basically that set up so it records all of the Skype calls that I have automatically, um, and gives me like an audio file which I then just drop into GarageBand and then edit it from there. Um, but I can split it because I, I had a phone call the other day with uh, with Joy, who is over in America as well. Mm. And her audio, we really struggled with initially. I worked out that some of it was to do with the fact she had a fan on in the background. Oh, OK. Um, yeah, I turned everything off the best I could. Hopefully. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, hopefully it, it sounds sound really good. It sounds really good. Um, good. I'm glad. So I managed to go through and I split our audio because I had to do a th- few things to to her side so it will allow me to yeah so like ours i won't have a problem with so i'll import the audio so both you and me speaking will be the same track Mm -hmm. um but if there was like an issue uh like the other day i i can i don't know how it does it but it will split the the track so one track will be mine and i don't need to edit that as much and then the other track will be the like the inputted track that's come through skype yeah um which is really handy so that when i do have um those issues uh i can well i don't really know what i'm doing but i can play with it (laughs) (laughs) um which is quite you'll get a lot better with it over time yeah well i mean like i say i've I've worked out that i can crop the the exactly that's a huge step yeah um, but I, I, I still can't get around the, uh, I was talking to, um, Rich, uh, Rich Biscuit, um, the other day okay. about, uh, the audio. And I said, I just can't get over the fact that if I wanted to do a video, I could upload it to YouTube like that. It would be that simple, but because Ugh, it's um, a podcast and it's only audio, you have to have like uh you have to overlay it over a yeah, picture so i have to have um like i've got a one site which is where the the podcast feed sits um and uh another like a host site for the audio files um and then you can redirect that through to like the podcast servers so you have to have like three or four oh that's how it ends up onto itunes yeah oh okay so 
I always wanted to try something like the, the whole podcasting, but I couldn't figure out how to get it to actually go to iTunes. And I was like, oh, ah, never mind. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Once you set it up, it's fine because right. each time you're basically, you just upload it to one place and then that's it's sorted. It will automatically then sort of feed on. Mm. But the first time you go through, it's so difficult. And the, I think I probably spent the equivalent to like three, almost full days, um, just trying to do the um, like the artwork because it had to be to certain specification to match iTunes. Because I started off with um, like a photo and then text on top of the photo, um, mm. but it was just hitting error after error. And then in oh, the gosh. end, I was just like, right, pink background, white writing, done. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, and I think that was done in probably I about three I highly hours. recommend, though, that you, uh, that you do the uh, YouTube outlet as well, because YouTube is pretty much the biggest platform oh, for everything at this point. I think it's the thought of... Um, so for me, um, like I, I started a blog, and that, that was what I enjoyed kind of doing and writing and kind of getting yeah. thoughts out. Um, but I realized I, I'd... I didn't really read a lot of other blogs, but I'd listen to other podcasts. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that I should try and think about that. Whereas it's much more convenient. Yeah. yeah you can, do it, you can and, listen in the car. You can do whatever. Yeah. Whereas I think <clears throat> I'll watch a fair amount of short YouTube clips at home, but I don't think I'd sit down and, and listen to or watch uh, a long episode of people talking the way that I would for like a podcast. Yeah. Um, You'd be surprised at how many people would though. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, it's um, shocking. Yeah. Especially yeah. because YouTube now has this thing where you can um, use it as like like YouTube Red, I think it's called. Okay. Where you can just listen to audio um, oh. and you can lock your phone, listen to audio, plug in your headphones and no, that use, sounds use cool. it just like you would with like Spotify or anything oh. like that. Yeah, because as soon as you lock the phone, it stops. Yeah, this you can lock the phone and it keeps playing. Okay, I'm going to look into that. And that's, I mean, that's a paid service just the same as like Apple Music or uh, Spotify Premium, all that kind of stuff. But it's um, it's, uh, supposedly good. You can find anything. Yeah, I'll have a look. Because that's the the other thing I've struggled with, with um, as much as um, I love doing this, like I haven't got money to waste on it. Um, And (laughs) there's quite a lot of... Um, the like the podcast service you have to pay to be able to host on their sites. Mm. Um, well, it's nothing with YouTube; it's free. Yeah, see, that's what I've liked about um, <laughs> iTunes, and yes, um, yeah. I'm also over on Acast as well. Um, okay, so if because obviously iTunes is Apple only um, yeah. to be available on Android and um, other such devices. Uh, to have something there as well, but I've seen yeah loads where you sort of have to pay like between sort of three or ten and it's dollars because it's all over in america um between like three yeah. or ten dollars <laughs> a month and i'm like yeah it doesn't sound like a lot but that's every month oh yeah i don't want to do it i don't no, do it i was like no even if it was a dollar i'd still be like i don't want to have to pay for it because yeah i don't want to have to account for that happening every month like yeah. where did that dollar go every yeah. month yeah it's just the idea of it like if i decide yeah. <laughs> I'd, i really like um I want a new mic or I want to get some headphones or um, buy another bit of software that makes it easier to do, then that's yeah. fine because it's like that one-off cost. But to think, oh, every month yes. it's going to cost you to pull it together. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not at that stage yet. <laughs> yes, it's time to it's time to finish work early and only do four days a week, and <laughs> I'll now be podcasting on a part time well, basis. <laughs> here's the hoping, though, right? Yeah, that'd be that awesome. would be incredible. That would be really incredible. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, that's not quite a dream yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you'll get there. And in the meantime, this will more than more than uh yeah, do i'm definitely going to have a look into uh, yeah i'll have a look for, for that youtube as well all right my brother um thanks a ton for for having me on and uh yeah, thanks for, thanks for chatting danny and um absolutely. especially really like you cool. say when it's the first time you've come on and, and done stuff it's really cool that um we've been able to kind of chat through for so long so it's been cool yeah really cool really uh really good time and uh um good luck with the with editing and all that stuff, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> well, you're gonna have a blast with that. I feel like it's gonna be quite easy. I am. I'll. I think most of what we've said it can will be fine. All I've got to do is just pick out that bit where you introduce yourself and and that's it. Yeah, that's so true. That's it's true. nice and easy. There's no. There's no yeah, this um, was, was the nice bit where the calls dropped out well, before we started talking. So that's not. A yeah. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Yep. Cool. Okay. Then. Have a good evening and right. uh, talk to you again soon. All right. Be well. Cool. Thank you very much. You too, Danny. All right. Awesome. Good night. Cheers. Night. Is a little bit of a surprise here to be after the music, but that felt quite a natural place to have it at the end of our conversation. As we said goodbye and good night to each other, very loving moment there. Um, massive thank you again to to Danny for coming onto the podcast and sharing his thoughts and his experiences with obviously myself, but with you guys, our listeners as well. And again, just encouragement for, for anyone that may be interested in coming onto the podcast in the future to, to get in contact through Twitter, through the website. Um, as I say, that information will be in the description. Um, so do check that out and, and get in contact and have a chat and, and find out about um, some of the other stories that are being shared as well. I would also like to say um, just a little bit about the the kind of things that we are talking about and the fact that um, these can be very sensitive stories it can be a very sensitive topic and I do feel hugely privileged um, that there are people coming forward and and giving me the opportunity just to talk to them about their own experiences and uh, I think it's probably something I'll talk to you guys in a bit more detail um, in the future but I just wanted to say a huge thank you obviously to Danny and to my previous guests as well so thank you very much and thank you to you guys that are listening and uh, talk to you all again soon I suppose so cheers and as always please remember you're not alone out there <laughs>